Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 9.07 the time. Final hour for us today here on Sports 56 Mornings. Broadcasting live from Dinstall's Fine Candies and Chocolates at 5280 Pleasant View Road. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy on location. Zach Boyd producing the program. Back in the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Their floor model sale continues. Currently 43 degrees, partly cloudy skies. Looks like a terrific day with a high of 64 tonight. Mainly cloudy with a low of 49. We're going to talk with DeMichael Cole. Talk some Grizzlies in just a moment. That's right. We are here at Didstall's, 14% off all day today. 14% off your entire order, your entire purchase, any one of their locations. Okay, the other locations will open up in less than an hour, 10 a.m. Here at Pleasant View, they're open right now. They're all open until 6 p.m. today for you to take advantage of that. And if you come by Pleasant View, you can also register to win. We'll be giving away a one-pound box of assorted chocolates, one-pound box of the chocolate-covered strawberries, plus a couple of four-packs of tickets for the Tigers game against Tulane. But certainly something for everybody here for Valentine's Day, as well as those big game parties coming up this Sunday. You can find what you need. And again, today, save 14% off. As promised, time to talk some Grizzlies as we do every week with the Michael Cole. Two watches, that's twelve. Come through and slam on you. I'm in the air. It's time to talk some Grizzlies basketball. Joining Greg and Eli is DeMichael Cole, Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal. Here's DeMichael with Greg and Eli. We get to talk Grizzlies each week with DeMichael Cole from the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter at DeMichael C. Good morning, DeMichael. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? How How is it for a beat writer of a team to be covering this team daily when they're struggling the way they are, and they're struggling because of injuries, not because it's a bad team and they don't know how to play basketball. This is this is something that was kind of ripped away from them, unfortunately, by injuries. But what's it like for you on a daily basis? Uh, I tell you what, it's definitely different. Um, you know, you you got to be a little more creative. You got to shift. You know, uh, the things that you emphasize and in, in coverage a little bit more. Uh, I know in the past couple years, you know, the draft has been more background for us. This year, you know, the draft, for example, will be a higher priority. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those type of things where, you know, scouting the players, that's going to be a higher priority. Uh, these young guys, you know, early in the season, you know, I, I went down to a couple of hustle events and talked to Gigi, talked to uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. and whatnot. But now, you know, those guys are, you know, a bigger emphasis, you know, than they were um at that time of the year, not Kim Loft Jr., of course, but Gigi Jackson. So it's it's like you you kind of shift the focus a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you know, on different guys and whatnot. It's 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 definitely different because you know at, at a certain point, you know the way the team is playing, you you're getting a lot of oh they were close type games, oh they fought hard, and you only can say that so much before you just you know basically feel like you're just repeating yourself over and over and over, whereas. Uh, when the team is healthy, I mean, there's just a, a varying difference in results. You know, 20-point comeback wins, blowout losses, uh, tight games against other top, uh, you know, competition. 
Whereas now it's just you got a team out there that's hustling hard and they're putting their best foot forward. And, and it seems like, oh, you know, you don't want to just write the same thing over and over. So you got to be creative with it. So last week we had the move with Steven Adams. Tomorrow trade deadline. Do you do you is there like a number you think the Grizzlies would like to get down to as far as commitments for next year salary wise? Are they just trying to maybe unload as much as they possibly can? How do you think they're approaching this as far as especially next year's salary goes with the start they got off to by dropping Adams' contract? I don't think there's a number in mind. I think there's just like set goals, you know, rock creating roster flexibility in terms of the space to be able to to make those moves like sign a first-round pick or sign a free agent, you know, for the mid-level or uh, sign a free agent for the vet minimum without uh, worrying about going too deep into potentially the first apron or even the second apron. So I think that's the idea. Uh, but, I mean, personally, I don't think I've said it much, but I, I really didn't like the Steven Adams trade. I understood mm-hmm. it. You know, from the flexibility, but I don't. I don't like that trade in particular. I, I I had the same idea, in terms of you had to get rid of the, one of the bigger contracts or move one of the bigger contracts. And um, I think you know, for example, Luke Kennard to me made more sense in terms of a contract that could get you under uh, that first apron. And then there'll be a couple other moves, whether it's now or the off season. Uh, that that can keep you under that range as well. So uh, I don't know if if there'll be another big move. I think there could be a couple, you know, needle movers. Uh, so I think like when we talk about getting down to a certain number, I don't know if that's their goal right now because they could potentially still do that in the off season. But as for now, I think it's creating that flexibility uh, as you go into the off season. You mentioned Kennard, and I brought Kennard up before with you. As and so certainly he, I thought he would be one because again he's a guy that I think teams will want, like they want that shooter. Do you think the fact that they did make the move with um, Adams was partially out of the concern about what his health will be even going forward next year? Um, I mean, I'm I'm sure that was in the back of their minds, but from what I've heard. It, I don't think that's the most concerning thing. I think it was uh, there was more, more going on there in terms of you know uh, how Stephen Adams uh, you know kind of wasn't he wasn't around the team as much and and, and those type of things like uh, there was you know ever since the injury you know, it it was always a tricky situation you know whether mm-hmm. when he you know uh, didn't get you know the surgical procedure done early on in the process and whatnot. And uh, there were ways that Adams wanted to go about it. Uh, there were ways that the team suggested, you know, he went about the process. And um, I, I just don't think at this point, you know, the two sides uh, were in as good of a space as they were before the injury. Thank you very much, by the way, for your honesty, because we haven't had you on since the trade. And I was off on yeah. Friday, so I didn't have a really good chance to – convey my thoughts i am with you 100 percent with that trade i understand dumping salary i do get all that but to me it was all about well this season was ruined because adams was hurt but they'll get adams back next year with a healthy team they'll make that run in the west right and now he's gone so i i'm puzzled by that i think you and i are on the same wavelength as far as that's concerned but does this mean in your opinion 
that they are going to go with Trip as a five, or do you think there is a deal that will be made eventually for a center? I think you eventually do something at center. Um, you, you just can't um, go with Jaron at the five right now. Like The reason Steven worked for this Grizzlies team is because he was a major part, major part of one of this team's biggest strengths. When you're an elite team in the NBA, you have to have like three core areas where it's like, no matter who we play, they're not going to dominate us in this area. Like that's that's the that's a key ingredient to being a dominant team. And for the Grizzlies, uh, fast break score and transition score. You know, when they play, you're going to have to play fast, or you're going to get run out of the gym, or you're going to have to right. slow them down, like we saw. You know, certain teams uh, do in the playoffs. Uh, Paint scoring was another one. You know the Grizzlies are going to attack the paint. That's why, you know, whether it was the Warriors, whether it was the Timberwolves in the playoffs, whether it was the Lakers in the playoffs, they're putting four guys, three, four guys are touching the paint to, to slow down John Morant, to slow down the rest of that Grizzlies paint attack. And the other was kind of the physicality and the rebounding. Teams couldn't mess with the Grizzlies on the board. Like, no matter who they play, if you look at the series against the Lakers, that's where they lost. Like, the, the Lakers bullied them. Next series, they were the more physical team, and Anthony Davis uh, and Jared Vanderbilt; those guys kind of had their way, you know, on the glass, and that was a difference maker. So you lose Stephen Adams, and I said this on Locked On Grizzlies a couple of days ago too. That like sometimes I think that that people in professional sports, or in, in whether it's the front office people, coaches, or whoever it is that makes these certain decisions. They overthink when you're very close to that that mm-hmm. elite championship. You overthink and you and you you over marginalize and you make that move instead of like you just said, Greg. Oh, we get Stephen Adams back next season, and and you just got Marcus Smart. Let's just add a couple vet pieces off the bench, maybe a couple more shooters. We got everything we want. Like let's see what this looks like. But now instead, you you overthink it. You say, oh, we got to move. We got to move salary. Uh, shooting. We need we need Luke Kennard shooting right now. So let's let's move off of Stephen Adams. He hasn't played this year, but you just lost one of your biggest strengths. Now, right. rebounding rebounding is is a big problem for this team. And and you know what makes it an even bigger problem? Go look at the top of the Western Conference right now. You got the Los Angeles Clippers at number one, right? Guess what? Zubac had a twenty rebound game against this Grizzlies team. You got uh, the Nuggets right up there had their way on the glass this season against uh, the Grizzlies. You got uh, the Timberwolves up there. Rudy Gobert historically has had his way against the Grizzlies on the glass, but even more so now this season, you know, with Steven Adams out. Sabonis and the Kings are the fifth seed. Uh, Nurtures and the Suns are the sixth seed. All these teams that I just mm-hmm. mentioned have dominated the Grizzlies on the glass this season. So you're only, instead of marginalizing your, your um, weaknesses, I think you just maximize uh, one. Well said. So with the, over this next, whatever, 30 hours until the deadline, what um, what one or two guys do you think it's most likely we see moved by the Grizzlies? I think it starts with uh, your your uh, two uh, kind of veteran guys. Um, one, Xavier Tillman Sr., he is on expiring. I think uh, that's mm-hmm. a movable contract that will get explored. The one that I've heard the most on, uh, when talking to people, is uh, John Cronshaw. Is yep. there are a couple teams out there, more specifically Boston, uh, and I know Boston's after a couple other guys too. But 
heard I've heard a lot in terms of you know Boston exploring uh you know potentially adding John Conchar with it. There's also Indiana, you know where you know he's from. There's the Knicks uh, as well. So a couple Eastern Conference teams, but Boston is the one that uh, sounds the most likely from what I've heard. And then uh, in terms of Xavier Tillman Senior, uh, haven't heard as much in terms of team destinations, but the idea that he is being floated around uh, potentially to a playoff contender as a backup big is definitely out there. So, Michael, have you been able to gather any information on what is expected the next? But they got thirty games after tomorrow night. You got an All Star break coming up. Not what's expected, but what you think will happen with the veteran players when Smart is able to play, when Bain is able to play. What they're going to do with Jackson the final thirty games uh, with Brandon Clark and, and whether or not he will actually play in games, which we. Both Eli and I believe that he should at least have some, so there's not really, really bad rust next year. Do you have any indication on what their game plan is with these guys once they come back, being as far out of the race as they are? Yeah, um, I, I mean, not at this point. You know, I, I think a big evaluation point will be the trade deadline. Right, right now, I think the idea is if these guys are healthy, they're going to play them, and then you know, the trade deadline will pass over. And I think guys will play, but uh, the trade deadline—I mean, not trade deadline—the uh, All Star break. After the All Star break comes uh, about a week and a half here. Uh, that'll be a very good evaluation point for the Grizz to see where they stand. Um, but I—I I mean, from conversations I've had, uh, guys like you know, Jaron wants to play. Uh, Desmond Bain is pushing, you know, to get back. So uh, at this point, I expect to see those guys. But again, once we get to the all-star break, I think there will kind of be, you know, a period where the team will have to kind of uh, reevaluate some things and, and figure out what's best. Now, they could clear up a couple of roster spots tomorrow, but do you, it does, do they just waive Oladipo after the trade deadline, and then do they convert GG to a regular contract? Now, how do you think that all works out? Yeah, that is something that I kind of expect to happen for sure. Uh, when when it will happen is is anybody's guess, but but yeah, uh, I definitely expect that to happen. And you laid it out Who perfectly. Have you... And and finally, oh, go ahead. Were you going to ask them? Well, the other thing is like like again that now they might be getting some of these guys. But like, like Jacob Gilliard's got to be running out of game soon. Like, he is. what are they going to do? What what are they going to do with that situation? Are you just like do you sign him to rest for the rest of the season to a normal contract so he can at least play or what? I don't know. It's that's a weird situation. It's it's a situation that only the Grizzlies are experiencing right now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's definitely. Uh, I mean, we just we just don't hear too many cases of where guys get close to that fifty game maximum yeah. on two way contracts. Like you usually don't need two way guys for fifty games. But uh, but yeah, you're you're right. Uh, Jacob Gilliard is very close. I think he's played in thirty four games and he's been active uh, for a few more. So, uh, with all that being said, uh, I, I think you know when that time comes, you know, it's it, that's an option as well. Maybe the Grizzlies upgrade him to the roster, but I, I don't think that'll happen. I, I think you know um, once he reaches that fifty game threshold, uh, his Grizzlies tenure will probably end, and we'll see a lot more of a uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. And Michael, finally, watching some of these guys play, the ten day guys, the two way guys, the Island of Misfit Toys. I say that lovingly. 
Um, other than Vince Williams, who obviously uh, made an impression, that's why he got the multi-year contract, are there any of these guys to you that have stood out? I wouldn't say stood out. No one, no one's really stood out to me. I mean, we we, we did touch on um, Gigi Jackson. Like, I think the potential is there, and, and when I say the potential is there, like, um, I think you take your time with him. You you give him, you know, a nice contract, three four years, uh, like we saw with Vince Williams, Kenneth Lofton Jr. I think Kenny Chandler even had a deal like that. But uh, you you give him one of those those type of deals, right? And even next season, I think next season. It's still a developmental year because you're going to have more of the, you know, uh, the star power back on the team. And now he has to, because right now, even though Gigi Jackson's getting a lot of experience, he's still not getting that experience where he's playing off of John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. Jr. as a trio. You know, that, that's even different. Whereas right now, uh, you know, he's playing off of different guys who basically just aren't putting as much pressure on the rim as those guys would. But with that being said, you know, he 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 sent out to me. Uh, the rest of the guys, you just see flashes of, oh, yeah, that's why they belong here. You know, Trey Jemison, I think he's had a couple, like, big-time blocks and dunks and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, if, if you if you want him on the roster as, as like, a big who can kind of protect the rim and just, um, you know, do, do things like that, I, I think he's solid. But, honestly, I, I think you could do you could do better, you know, if, if the Grizzlies choose to. I, okay. I think you could, like with that first round pick, you can go get, you know, uh, Donovan Clinton from from uh, mm-hmm. UConn, seven two big man, or you can even trade that pick potentially, right, and and package it in another deal to go get you another big man out there. Like there are, there are other moves to be made and whatnot that, that where you can address the center position, and, and we'll see how that plays out. But um, but yeah, I, I think that's where they are. All right, he's DeMichael Cole, Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter at DeMichael C. Catch him every Wednesday all year long talking Grizzlies with us here on Sports 56 Mornings. Thank you, DeMichael. I appreciate you guys. Take care. Folks, good Valentine's Day is a week away. We're here at Dinstall talking about chocolates, of course, jewelry, and also a very big thing when it comes to Valentine's Day. Genesis Diamond says you're taking care of as far as the jewelry is concerned. Maybe it's something simple like just a pendant or a pair of earrings, or maybe it's an engagement ring, or maybe it's some one-of-a-kind piece that you just absolutely are dying for, that loved one is dying for. Well, they've got everything, a massive, massive selection. They're gonna, they've got something for everyone at Genesis Diamonds, something for every budget as well at Genesis Diamonds. And for Valentine's Day, you buy the jewelry, they're throwing in some chocolates, flowers, and dinner absolutely free. You just cannot beat that deal. Go see them. Genesis Diamonds are at Poplar and Perkins Extended. Check out that great selection of jewelry. Check out the amazing prices. Get yourself, get your Valentine something special. And again, they're throwing in chocolates, flowers, and dinner absolutely free. Genesis Diamonds, Poplar and Perkins Extended. All right, Eli, you're heading uh, down to the Lander Center. Got a little daytime hustle game, so have fun. Enjoy that, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. I will. Going to go see all the see 8,000 screaming kids. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Good thing you have headphones on. When we come <laughs> back, Hunter Story will join us. He's the director of the Bluff City Collective as we are broadcasting live from Dinstall's Fine Candies and Chocolates at 5280 Pleasant View Road. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app. 
or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. We welcome you back to Sports 56 Mornings. Final 30 minutes broadcasting live today from Dinstal's. But right after we wrap it up, Dave Woloshin will take over for Wolo and Friends. In fact, all our shows broadcasting live today at Dinstal's. One week away from Valentine's Day and today at all five locations. You can either call in or you can stop by. You get 14% off if you mention you heard it on Sports 56. That's 14% off your entire order for Valentine's Day. Of course, the big game is Sunday. You want to load up with treats. You need to load up here at Dinstal's. We're open. The rest of the locations will open up at 10 o'clock. That's Laurelwood, Germantown, Collierville, and downtown. But here at Pleasant View, you can come in and register to win. We're giving away at the end of the day a pound of heart-shaped. Uh, that's one pound of the heart-shaped box of assorted chocolates, a pound of the box of chocolate-covered strawberries. Yes, it's that chocolate-covered strawberry season. It is here. And two four-packs of tickets for the Tigers' two-lane game on Super Bowl Sunday. Again, Dinstal's. Come on by, see us at 5280 Pleasant View Road. It's my pleasure for the very first time to be joined by Hunter Story. He's the director of the Bluff City Collective. You can follow him on Twitter at HunterStory11. He joins us now on Sports 56 Mornings. Hunter, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Excited to be here. Thank you for being on with us. And and there's a there's a lot of misnomers out there, misinformation about collectives and how it all works. So, First of all, I want you to explain to folks uh, what Bluff City Collective is all about and how you got involved in it. Yes, yeah, so how I got involved in it, um, I've grown up around Memphis basketball my entire life. I actually started as a ball boy back when Cal was here, and just it's the only sports team I've ever really loved and cared about. And a mutual connection within the city of Memphis connected me with Michael Hawkins, who ultimately founded and is the largest backing behind the bluff city collective paired us together uh, about five or six months ago and we got to work with coach stansbury and coach hardaway putting this together um as far as the bluff city collective and what we do and what our goal is ultimately our goal is to give penny and the basketball program the resources they need to win and the interesting thing about the nil world is it does provide a lot of opportunity that wasn't there before this this was allowed um and you know we seek to be an outlet for fans and businesses to support memphis basketball um we we hope to enhance the fan experience with things like we did an event at the rendezvous this last week and create opportunities for fans to interact with the guys more closely and on a large scale, we work to facilitate opportunities with these guys, with local businesses and charities and even individuals, um, you know, when and where possible. How has it been received so far, especially from, from businesses and potential sponsors of the collective? It's been perceived well. You know, we're still early on. We're still getting started. Getting started after the season had already begun was a bit of a challenge but we have two really strong local charitable partners in Coaching for Literacy and the Memphis Athletic Ministries. We've done a lot with Coaching for Literacy, and we have a lot planned with them. 
and we've slowly increased the local businesses that we interact with. Um, one of our biggest partners is Oxbow. Uh, Tiger Bookstore recently, we started a new partnership with them. As you may have seen online, the guys' official Nike jerseys are for sale, looking to do some events with them. And then, you know, so overall, I think it's been perceived pretty well. There's some other stuff that we're working on right now. You know, our biggest partnership in works is with St. Jude, which would just be an awesome thing to connect Memphis basketball with St. Jude. But it's it's overall, it's been well-received. You know, I think, like you said in the beginning, there is misnomers and hesitation. But once we get together and talk with these people, they really do become interested. And I think a lot of the results have been really positive. Is it a usual and normal thing at schools to have different collectives for different sports? In this case, you guys deal with primarily men's basketball, but there are other collectives that deal with the other uh, athletic um, uh, athletic teams at the school i would imagine that that's probably commonplace around the country you know i don't i don't know statistically how commonplace or not commonplace it is it is it's not unheard of and i think at a school like memphis given the situation you know with what memphis basketball is and penny himself being you know sort of his own brand it, it was a good idea to have men's basketball have its own collective. But like you said, the 901 fund still exists to support football and the rest of the sport. And we encourage people to join both, support both, and be active members of both. So when it comes to NIL, there's still not a lot of clarity. In fact, we have this situation going on in this very state, in the state of Tennessee, that I'm sure you're very familiar with and, and up to date with, with the Attorney General, both in Tennessee and Virginia, uh, suing now the NCAA, because really they're, they say there's no clarification on the rules and regulations from the NCAA about NIL, and the NCAA counters with that. So when it comes down to it, how how does it work? Because, again, the schools are not specifically – supposed to bring up NIL, the coaches bring up NIL with players. So it's a chicken and an egg thing. Which comes first? How does it work, really, the dynamics of the collective and of NIL? Yeah, it's, it's definitely still the Wild West, a lot of stuff to be sorted out. Tennessee, fortunately for Memphis and Tennessee and the rest of the schools, has been very proactive, the attorney general, the legislature, the laws and everything. As far as how it works, you know, the Bluff City Collective is a private um, LLC formed under Tennessee laws, and we've partnered with the University of Memphis and Learfield Sports. So we do operate, you know, outside of the University of Memphis as a private company. And truly, it's, it's you know, on one hand, because it's early in its infancy, there's still a lot of a lot of opportunities, and it's, it's always evolving as far as what you can do. But at its core, it's just a, a business or a private company that we partner with these players. You know, they they want to work with us, and we facilitate deals through our connections or appearances, opportunities, whatever it may be, um, for them. And we partner them, and that's really, you know, our our core function is is being a a person that partners those two entities together: the player and the business, charity or fan, whatever it may be. Um, and we are the help them execute the deal. Are the athletes, yeah. and in this case, the basketball players, men's basketball players, have they already committed and signed with this school? In this case, obviously, the University of Memphis, 
before these opportunities arise through the collective that you are associated with? Or is this inducement to come to the school, and is that even legal? I don't know how, again, I go back to the chicken and the egg. What comes first? Are the kids already committed to the school, and then NIL opportunities come? Or are NIL opportunities there, and therefore you may want to look at signing with a particular school? Yeah, inducement is not legal under NCA rules and as a, as an attorney myself, I make sure that the collective is, ex, you know, in strict compliance with those rules. So we don't, you know, it, it doesn't work that way where you're in, it's an inducement for kids to come. Now we've seen the NCA come down from schools that have been caught doing that. So how it works for us is we don't, you know, ask the athlete to be exclusive to us or anything. And some of them even have their own representatives outside of us. But mm-hmm. when they, once they come to Memphis, um, we will, you know, I, I reach out to them. I talk to them and say, hey, would you like to look at doing some opportunities or what's some ways you want to develop your brand? Um, so that's one aspect of it. And then we do have the team aspect of it with our charitable partners. All those events are team events or things like the rendezvous where it, it is, is, you know, if you come here, then you, you partake in those. But it, it's not on the front end where the collective is out there saying, hey, you know, come to Memphis and, you know, X, Y, Z will, you know, happen. We're not using it as a recruiting pitch. And like I said, we don't expect the athletes to, you know, have any sort of exclusivity to to us. I'm very supportive of these guys having the ability to go out and make the money that I think they deserve and whatever avenue they choose to pursue. Um, One good example of that is, you know, with Javon Quinterly, he's, yeah, I met him a couple months back, and he really wanted to develop his own you know, brand and kind of imagery. So we partnered with a local artist, uh, Kaylee Hammer, and he's developed his own logo, his own shirt, and different variations of it. And you know, just mm-hmm. we're doing an event at Oxbow on February 12th where that shirt's going to be sold, and he'll make, you know make the money off of that. And all we did was gotcha. facilitate that deal. So that's just one example of how it can be, but it's not a front end inducement thing. And you know, that's not allowed, but as far as what all schools do, I can't really speak on that. It's, it's gotten right. a little crazy right. out there. It's gotten a lot crazy. You bring up an interesting point. You talk about representatives of the players that is now legal. Players can be represented as far as the NIL is concerned. So do you deal a lot with, and I'm not sure how many of them have representatives or agents, if you will, from the university of Memphis, but do you, I, I assume you deal with them. Um, and how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a kid by kid basis. Some have representatives, some don't. I personally would encourage the kid to find trustworthy representation, you know, even if they weren't at Memphis. Um, if they do have representation, we deal directly with those people. That doesn't mean that I don't talk to, for example, a Javon Quinterly, you know, directly, but we do deal with those people. I think it also helps the player not have to, you know, worry so much about the fine details. But yeah, we deal directly with those you know, representatives or agents, whatever you want to call them, when they have them. Um, and so far, it's been it's been a, a seamless process. There's not really been any issues. Um, every one of the representatives I've met's great, and I you know I think it's I think it's uh, I think it actually makes the process easier when they have that sort of representation that can guide them and help do a lot of the detail work. So, what do you expect for the immediate future? And um, 
as far as regulations are concerned, because as you use the term, everybody seems to use that Wild Wild West term, and there's truth to that, and therefore we have this lawsuit that's going on, as we just talked about with the Attorney Generals of Tennessee and Virginia against the NCAA. Do you expect there to be some, um, I, I guess, conclusion to how the regulations are going to be in the future from the NCAA? Do you think it will continue to be state by state determining on determining the NIL regulations? What do you see in the immediate future to try to combat this wild, wild west? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know how likely it is that we get a near-term resolution of or clarity on what the rules are going to be. And I do think we'll continue to operate state by state until one of these court cases either, you know, causes a seismic shift in the rules or um, we see something where the NCAA or say the federal government comes out and has a, a plan and it, you know, it gets implemented. I just don't know how likely that is. I'm not operating mm-hmm. under the assumption that that type of resolution is going to come anytime in the near future. And I'm not, you know, I'm not truly an expert in that area of the law. I, like I follow it closely. I keep up with it. I'm just not sure without a, either a federal law or a, a, a landmark court case decision that, will do much but go back and forth and continue to operate on these state-by-state laws, which, you know, is fine with me because, like I said earlier, Tennessee is, has actually been one of the leaders, I think, along with Missouri and having really good, you know, comprehensive NIL laws early on and not waiting and being reactive. It is fascinating stuff, and it will continue to be fascinating. He's Hunter Story. He's the director of the Bluff City Collective. You can follow him on Twitter at HunterStory11. Hunter, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate the insight. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Absolutely. Take care. Hunter Story, again, the director of the Bluff City Collective, joining us here on Sports 56 Mornings. Again, we're broadcasting live today from Dinstall's Fine Candies and Chocolates at 5280 Pleasant View Road. Tomorrow is the NBA trade deadline, so could be some things happening over the course of the next, so I don't know, 30 hours. Plus, today is National Signing Day. Not a lot of things happening because most of that was done in December, but Memphis has been Somewhat busy this morning. If you missed it from earlier, we'll go over the names of the players that have signed with Memphis when we return. Plus, our good friend Becky Dinstall will join us. Again, broadcasting live from Dinstall's Fine Candies and Chocolates at 5280 Pleasant View Road. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. It is really turning into a nice day. We're looking at a high today at about 64 degrees, so... Get in your automobile and come on over and see us at Dinstall's on Pleasant View Road, broadcasting all our shows. We're about to wrap it up, but then I'll hand things over to Dave Willotion for Wogo and Friends. Before we do that, though, uh, we are joined by our good friend Becky Dinstall. Becky, first of all, again, thank you for having us out here. Well, it's always such a pleasure to have you guys here. You know, you know when y'all are here, it's time for Valentine's. It is, and we got one week until Valentine's, so it's never too early. 
especially when you get 14% off if you mention Sports 56. That's right. It's a very special day, and that's on your entire purchase. So if you can get over, we'd love for you to. But if you can't, give us a call and place your order, You and you mention Sports 56 when you talk. Any of our stores, and you will get that 14% discount. Again, any of the stores, as Becky said, that includes Laurel Wood, refurbished Laurel Wood, yes. Collierville, Germantown, downtown, and, of course, here at Pleasant View Road. And you are ready to unleash the chocolate-covered strawberries. We will begin dipping, and you can first get them. We're going to be open uh, Sunday at Laurelwood, Germantown, Collierville, and downtown. And so you can get us early glimpse at the strawberries on that day. But primarily, Monday is the big day for the launch of the strawberries. So you can get them at all five stores beginning Monday morning. Okay, so Monday is the first day really to go in there, purchase them, take them home with you. But right now you can put pre-orders in? You can get pre-orders. But if, if those that are listening, Sunday at Laurelwood, Germantown, Collierville, and downtown you can actually get some fresh berries that day. So you can get them for the big game. I heard there's a big game on Sunday. I'm not I've just talking about the too. Tigers game. There's, a, there's another big game. <laughs> that's so right. That's great. Um, anything, uh, I ask this every year, but, you know, it's it's chocolates and candies and pretty much uh, it's been consistent over the years, but anything new in the in the candy world? This year we've really focused on the fresh fruits as because that is such a popular thing. We've got our chocolate-covered grapes and chocolate-covered pineapple for those that may not care for the strawberries. And then, of course, the traditional chocolate-covered strawberries. But then we've got truffles. We've got turtlets. We have our cashew crunch, which is a, one of your favorites, I know. Uh, we even have chocolate-covered pretzels that I know is your very that, favorite. That is my absolute favorite. <laughs> so the chocolate-covered grapes, the chocolate-covered pineapples, yes, are they available all the time? Or yes. are they seasonal? They are available uh, 12 months out of the year. Now, sometimes we do sell out, but we do have, we make them every week. You can also make up different assortments for people. They don't have to come in here and just purchase what's here. You, you can say, I want this and this and that, and you can make it for them, right? That's right. Just in case your Valentine prefers orange creams, we will pack a box with just orange creams or whatever they prefer. So it's better if you know you're going to get a special pack. If you can come in earlier, it gives us a little extra time because we pack that by hand, one piece at a time. But we are ready for you no matter when you come, and we are delighted to see you at any of our five stores and i always mention that you, you can ship these great chocolates and candies anywhere in the country yes they ship very well and we will be shipping the strawberries out overnight on monday night for tuesday arrival and on tuesday night for wednesday's arrival so if your valentine is out of town then never fear we will get them their candies there i've noticed you've now brought out samples just in time for me to wrap up the show and to, to <laughs> gobble some of them down thank you for that you're so welcome it is always one of my favorite times of the year really for us at sports 56 can't thank you enough becky again take advantage of it ladies and gentlemen first of all come by here at this location, a pleasant view, because you can register to win the one-pound heart-shaped box of assorted chocolates, the one-pound box of chocolate-covered strawberries. We're also giving away two four-packs of tickets for the Tigers' two-lane game on Sunday. Becky is a big supporter of the University of Memphis and all things Memphis athletics and sports-wise in this great city of ours, including the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. So come by, take advantage of that. But again, you get 14% off your entire order. If you mention Sports 56, you could do it at any of the stores, and you could do it by phone as well. 
Becky, thank you as always. Thanks, Greg. The great Becky Vinstall joining us here on the program. Before we wrap it up, let me talk about National Signing Day. If you missed it for the University of Memphis, again, a small class compared to what they signed in December. That is just the case. That's the way it is. February used to be the big time. It isn't anymore. But Memphis, very significant. They got a couple of defensive backs. They got a six-foot D-back from Ellenwood, Georgia, an Indiana transfer, Jordan Greer, has committed to the University of Memphis. They also got Taj Rael, a 6'2 defensive back from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's an Old Dominion transfer, and they got a big offensive lineman, 6'5", 318 out of Charlotte, North Carolina. So two from Charlotte. He's a transfer from South Carolina. His name is Jalen Nichols, all committed today to the University of Memphis, and there could be some more before the day is through. Uh, One other note from the NBA, the official announcement hasn't been made just yet, but the word is that the slam dunk competition participants will be Mac McClung, and we know how he stole the show last year, Jalen Brown of the Celtics, interesting, rookie Heine Haquez Jr. of the Miami Heat, and Jacob Toppin of the New York Knicks, all scheduled to be in the slam dunk contest. Tonight, not a lot of things happening in the world of local sports, but tomorrow the Tigers will be in action against the Temple Owls in Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies back in action tomorrow night as they will host the Chicago Bulls. want to thank Andy Borman, Jerry Palm, and DeMichael Cole, plus Hunter Story for joining us on the program today. Tomorrow we're back in studio starting at 7 a.m. Among our guests, Steve Macy will talk showboats with us. Joe Tomek from the FedEx St. Jude Championship, plus Bet Online's Dave Mason on the big game as we break down all the prop bets and all the fun bets for the Super Bowl on Sunday between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Again, that's starting bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 is coming up next live from Dinstals. For Eli Savoy and for Zach Boyd, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everyone. Eli.